Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Akun Wong. I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time, and I'm joined today with Ryan Whitfield and Joey Alibro. And we're back. Yes, we're very consistent about this, but we are back because there's plenty to talk about because we're getting closer, inching ever closer to the beginning of the football season, and hopefully there will be a football season. Hey, Joey, how you doing? I know we are just talking to the pre-show about you getting back on the field of the guys and starting on coaching again. How's that experience been? Uh, it's been awesome, a little bit weird, seeing everybody after such a long time. Um, you know, like I mentioned before, the players were uh, having to wear masks masks even when uh, lifting weights inside. Um, right. That restriction was actually lifted a couple days ago, and then uh, Monday we get to go back on the field, actually touch some footballs. We've actually been running our formations without a ball for the past two weeks uh, at the end of practice or workouts or whatever, um, so that's been interesting to see, um, but just happy to be back out there. Yeah, so i got to ask you this question because you have more insight than most when it comes to how this is going to work in uh, after the pandemic, what are your, what's your prediction on the NFL season? You think we're starting on time? We're going to get the, the preseason in in August, uh, you know, just judging from what you see out there? I think we're going to see a shortened preseason um, just because of the limited time that teams are going to have to prepare in terms of mini camps, training camps, stuff like that. Um, I know that Dr. Fauci had mentioned um, that he doesn't know if there's going to be football in the fall, but then I was just reading at the NFL and the NFLPA kind of came out and was like, we hear your guidelines, like what you think, but we're going to play football. Um, and I think right. that's going to happen uh, in the entire country when it comes to college sports and uh, the NFL. Um, I know uh, Georgia should be open for business in, in regards to the football. We've just been opening up uh, slowly every week, like I mentioned before, no masks, no touching footballs. Um, so uh, I'm really curious what's going to happen. But uh, I, w- I would expect uh, a normal schedule uh, besides those two preseason games being cut out for the NFL. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little bit worried. My, I actually, I have to say, I am getting a little bit worried that we're going to start on time. Uh, I, I got my notice. As everyone knows, this is a show I'm a big Notre Dame guy. I got my notice that the, uh, the uh, Notre Dame game in Ireland uh, was canceled, obviously, uh, because they don't want to travel uh, with all the players over there and obviously don't want to stuff, you know, uh, 100,000 Americans into Dublin, obviously a, a combination that would be really bad, a uh, bunch of drunk people in Dublin in the middle of a pandemic. So clearly uh, that's, a, that's a shame, but it's going to be moved to, uh, to Annapolis. They're going to play it at Navy. I'm a little bit concerned because a lot of those uh, things haven't been uh, sorted yet, and they have actually talked about from a fan perspective, um, you know, how are we going to space everybody out so they can fit in the stadium? Um, you know, they're obviously suggesting – master suggesting social distancing um it's hard enough to get a ticket when you're sitting on top of the person next to you i can't even imagine what it's going to be like to get a ticket uh when you're the six six feet away from everybody um so it'll be interesting to see how all that sorts out as well and of course college and nfl football just around the corner and all of us still kind of thinking what's going to happen but we're going to think positively that it's going to happen and that uh, we're going to have a football season and of course that means you need to get ready for your fantasy football season and we are doing a live draft now over Twitter, but we are also going to talk today about some sleepers and busts in the PPR fantasy football world. 
and uh, that should be interesting. Should be fun. I mean, because there's uh, you know there's a lot of stuff happening out there that's changed over the last uh, over the last off season. A lot of people, a lot of big names moving teams. Lots of great draft picks uh, coming out of the NFL draft that we all talked about uh, during that time period. So let's see how that impacts us when it comes down to your fantasy football draft. Uh, let's talk about that right now. Okay, so as I said, we're going to be talking about uh, we're going to talk about sleepers and busts, and I think the way we're going to do this is we're going to talk about uh, some sleepers first, and then we're going to go to the, some busts, and we're going to define them a little bit differently than some others have defined it. We're going to do it um, very specifically, so you know exactly what we're talking about, because I know a lot of people like to say sleepers and busts, and they don't tell you what they mean. So we're, for us, a sleeper is going to be any player with a fantasy pros PPR consensus. ADP, so average draft position, of 51 or higher, who will significantly outperform their ADP. So anybody who is on Fantasy Pro's PPR consensus ADP, 51 or higher, who will significantly outperform their ADP. That would be our definition of a sleeper. And the bust would be just the flip side of that. Any player with the Fantasy Pro's PPR consensus ADP between 1 to 50, who we believe will significantly underperform their ADP. All right, so I'll give you some nice bright lines there to work with, and uh, we're going to go ahead and fire away with some of those. So, Joey, let's go ahead and just jump right in and ask you about your sleepers. What do you have? Some you have, what are some kind of sleepers are you looking at in that range? You know, 51 or higher ADP at PPR that you think will significantly outperform their average draft position. Uh, so it was a lot easier for me to find some sleepers. Um, we did this uh, type of podcast about a year ago with the um, mm-hmm. the beer fueled guys, and yep. uh, when I talked on there, I talked about how I like to identify specific rookies, uh, particularly at running back and at receiver, um, that mm-hmm. will have a huge impact um, right away. Um, so the first guy I want to talk about is Cam Akers, running back out of Florida State, who drafted by the Los Angeles Rams. Um, mm-hmm. His ADP is sixty four point three. He's running back twenty nine according to Fantasy Pros. Um, after uh, the Todd, uh, after Todd Gurley getting cut, um, the Rams do not have a lot of talent in that backfield outside of Cam Akers. Uh, I believe the two other guys are uh, Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. So Akers should be right. getting the, the majority of the snaps um, from the get-go. Um, you could, we'll, we'll probably see his ADP rise between now and the, the start of most fantasy drafts. Um, but for now, I, th- I think he's a, a good pick. Um, my next guy is uh, Michael Pittman Jr., uh, receiver oh, yeah. out of USC uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. He is uh, currently at 147 ADP, with, uh, and he's the 55th receiver off the board, according to uh, Fantasy Pros. Um, he's a big-body guy. Um, reminds me a lot of Vincent Jackson and with Phillip Rivers there. I know he likes that big-body kind of guy. Um, so I think that's really good value um, at 147. And then yep. my last guy, um, <clears throat> excuse me, is uh, Hayden Hurst, who recently signed with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, he was with the Baltimore Ravens last year. Um, the only reason uh, that I have him there, really, um, he's got an ADP of 117.3, and he's tight end 13. Um, he uh-huh. never really blossomed into, like, a stud in Baltimore like a lot of people thought he would be. Um, but Matt Ryan and the Falcons like to target tight ends a lot. Uh, last year, Austin Hooper, as he played a full 16 games, was on pace for 100-plus targets from Matt Ryan. 
Um, so that's, that's good volume. And if uh, Hurst can get anywhere around there, um, he might be a, a tight end one uh, type of guy um, um, come during the season. Yeah, no, I think those are some, some great picks there. I particularly uh, like Michael Pittman. Uh, I think that is a that's a great one to target there, particularly that late in the draft. But let me ask you this question about that situation. So Indianapolis, new quarterback there, T.Y. Hilton, obviously the proven entity, but not with Phillip Rivers. Are you concerned at all that targets are just going to start flowing towards uh, T.Y. Hilton, that, you know, the old – uh, veteran in Philip Rivers is just going to trust the guy he's seen do it day in and day out uh, on the from uh, from the past with Andrew Luck and others, or you just kind of saying thinking that everyone's new to the uh, to the team at this point, so to speak. Pittman has as good a chance as any to really overperform. Um, I think T.Y. Hilton will get uh, the majority of the targets from Philip Rivers, um, but with like I said, with his ADP at 147. I think if he even performs at a wide receiver two level, that's like incredible value uh, for that spot. Um, right. And I don't, I don't know the rest of the Colts depth chart off the top of my head, but he should <laughs> slide in Nobody pretty nicely. <laughs> he should slide in pretty nicely uh, at that spot behind T.Y. Hilton. And like I mentioned before, uh, Philip Rivers um, liking his big body guys uh, like Vincent Jackson um, during his time in uh, San Diego. Um, I think Michael Pittman's just uh, a, a good one. Yeah, no, I agree. And and just so, just so uh, just so you know, because there's <laughs> we don't know what the depth chart looks like. Clearly, T.Y. Hilton probably one, and then at two, we got Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell. Maybe I mean that's basically the next mm-hmm. best uh, option. After that, it is uh, kind of a crapshoot. I mean, we got Zach Pascal, Marcus Johnson, Desmond Patton. I mean, I, some of these guys I'm not even sure I've heard of before. So as you make your day down the list. Uh, I think you're right there. There's not really a whole lot of options in terms of pass catching, uh, uh, yeah, pass catching and, targets. And just in terms of the type of player he is, um, he was one of my favorite receivers in the draft, and he was kind of a sleeper in the draft, ironically as well. But a lot of teams actually had him in the first round on their board, and I believe the Colts are one of those teams, um, even though he ended up getting chosen, and I believe it was his second round. Uh, my memory's not really fresh on on any NFL draft stuff right now, but <laughs> right. Um, but just he's a talented guy. It's not like I'm saying you know, oh, he's going to be wide receiver too, so you know he's going to get this many targets like this is going to happen. I actually really think he's he's going to be a talented receiver in this league for a long time. Yeah, no, I I agree. He is a uh, six foot four, two hundred twenty three pounds, outstanding hands. Yeah, he was the in the second round pick, number thirty four overall. Could have been a first round pick. I agree. He is definitely all upside in that system there. Really like that. And you talked about Hayden Hurst going into Atlanta and you talked about the guy who's no longer there, Austin Hooper. Let me ask you about him. Austin Hooper moving into a pretty crowded target system over in Cleveland. Uh, You know, it's unclear what his role is going to be and it's unclear how far he'll be behind the eight ball because of the fact that he won't have the same amount of time to get up to speed. His average draft position right now is 108.8. He is tight end 11. He's actually a couple spots ahead of Hayden Hurst. What do you think about Austin Hooper? I think Hooper will be a bit of a better option than um, uh, uh, David Hayden Joku? Hurst. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Hayden Hurst. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I met David Njoku. Thank you for correcting me. Okay. <laughs> um, Njoku didn't have – I don't know if – was Njoku hurt last year? He he did have did some – I mean, not he, get anybody? It, yeah, it depends on what you mean by hurt, but, yes, he was, he was not on the field the whole time and 
part of it was uh, was was certainly related to injury. Okay, yeah, but I'm, I just pulled up David Njoku's stats here. You know, five receptions, 41 yards, and a touchdown. Doesn't scream yeah, a whole not lot. A lot. Um, I know I, I liked him coming out in the draft too, which is sad. But um, I think he fits in nicely in that system in Cleveland, Austin Hooper at least. Um, but like you said, it's a really targeted um, receiver group, uh, skill position group. But I think the same could be said of the the Atlanta group. You know, you got Julio Jones, you got Mohamed Sanu, and you got Calvin Ridley. Um, and then you had Hurst on top of that. I know Falcons are a bit pass heavy, so that that'll help Hurst. And like I mentioned before. Hooper getting, you know, 100-plus targets in Atlanta fares well for him in Cleveland as well as Hurst in, in Atlanta. Yeah, no, some definitely some good options at tight end this time around. And I loved your pick of Cam Akers. Uh, he, I actually, there's a bunch of other running backs that I think might be good shots as well. But before we go to that, let me, let me name off a couple guys uh, with some ADPs, which I think might be a little bit low for them. And uh, I want to get your thoughts on a couple of these guys. So let me, let me hit a couple in a row here. And uh, But I'm going to start, target one guy in particular up front, and then I'm going to hit a couple ranges. First of all, I want to talk about A.J. Green. A.J. Green, ADP 69th, wide receiver 29. Of course, walking into a scenario where he's going to have Joe Burrow's number one overall pick, throwing to him, and uh, theoretically healthy after sitting out the entirety of last season. So what do you think about A.J. Green as a potential sleeper this year? Uh, I think that's a, that's a pretty safe play. Um, for for that position for him, uh, we know he's coming off that injury, um, but you know, and the Bengals were notoriously bad last year. Um, uh-huh. But I think you throw Joe Burrow into that mix instead of Andy Dalton. Um, I think it could be a, another good year for AJ Green. Maybe he might be back to normal. Um, so at that ADP, I, I think that's a great pick. Yeah, I I have a feeling that um, he's done it before. He uh, has been in the past a top. 20 pick and sometimes uh, even higher than that. Who knows? Joe Burrow, maybe we're just all hyping it up more than he actually deserves, but chances are uh, they're going to fire away. So uh, who knows? I think he's in a good position to succeed there. Another guy that I saw that uh, an old, another old veteran, so to speak, who his, whose ADP has slipped really far down the line. And I understand why uh, is Aaron Rodgers, ADP 91 QB 11. What are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers uh, coming into this year at ADP 91? Um, I I would say that ADP is probably fair, um, given you know quarterbacks are kind of undervalued in fantasy play. You can know, kind of wait to take them. Right. But I, I think the right. QB 11 evaluation is pretty low on him. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out firing all c- cylinders, um, just pissed off about the Jordan Love pick. That's, that's what I think. Um, I, I, <laughs> right. I, I had the honor. I had the honor of announcing during uh, the uh, the beer fueled live stream that I was uh, mm-hmm. a part of with those guys over there during the draft. Uh, yep. Absolute chaos ensued when I when I read that leak out. Um, and I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Aaron Rodgers was just as surprised as the rest of us. Um, oh yeah. I, I think he's going to have another good year. He's going to have an Aaron Rodgers year. Um, he might be a little, you know, underrated at, at, at QB 11, but I think 91 is a, probably a safe spot for him uh, in terms of average uh, position. Yeah, and, and I understand that he doesn't have a lot of um, awe-inspiring options, but he still has Devontae Adams, and we all know Devontae mm-hmm. Adams can make it work, uh, and he is really good. And Aaron uh, Jones, of course, a, a, a relatively good pass catcher, solid option. They want to go more run-heavy, but – you're going to have to expect them to dump it off a couple times. 
not much else after that. You know, Alan Lazard, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Jake Kumaro. Yeah, not a lot here that's making me super excited. So in- interesting to see how all that will shape up. But I still feel like it's Aaron. And, hey, listen, I have every reason to hate Aaron Rodgers being a Bears fan. I still feel like that's a little bit low for him. All right, let me give you a couple, like a string of names here. These are some some rookies, and they're ADPs. And uh, I want you to tell me if any of these guys interest you. So J.K. Dobbins uh, with the Baltimore Ravens, ADP 101, running back 42. C.D. Lamb with the Dallas Cowboys, ADP 119, wide receiver 48. Brandon Ayuk, all the way down, he's in San Francisco, all the way down there at ADP 183, wide receiver 65. And T. Higgins in Cincinnati, the aforementioned Cincinnati, ADP 209, wide receiver 69. Any of those guys interest you? Any of those rookies interest you as a potential sleeper? Um. I mean, like I talked about before, I'm a really big fan of picking up uh, rookies, especially receivers, late. Um, I think the T. Higgins one is the one that uh, interests me the most. Because um, uh-huh. at this point, it's, I think C.D. Lamb's going to be receiver three in Dallas to start this year, uh, right. you know, behind Gallup and Cooper. Um, right. So we'll see what happens there. I, 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 I'm a huge fan of C.D. Lamb. Um, I think he's going to be great, but just in terms of, targets he's going to get in his first year right. uh, that concerns right. me a little um, and then like you talked about Brandon Ayuk in San Francisco uh, yep. I wasn't too high on him in the draft uh, personally so hmm. I would stay away from, I personally would stay away from him um, just to uh, <laughs> uh, confirm my own previous biases from the draft sure yeah <laughs> and, yeah why not um, and then you, you you talk about J.K. Dobbins yeah he's going to be the backup to Mark Ingram he's a very similar style runner to Mark Ingram um, so he should see, you know, some production. Um, he's probably properly rated. Uh, would you, where'd you say he was at again? Uh, so JK Dobbins is at one Oh one. So running back 42. Okay. Um, he, he could probably get bumped up a little bit there because I know that the Ravens like to, uh, split their, split their carries, uh, amongst their backs a little bit more right. than the average team would. Um, yep. so I like that one. But in terms of the T. Higgins pick, I really, really liked him at Clemson. Um, and I think, yeah. you know, adding another yeah. next to A.J. Green, Boyd in Cincinnati, and then you throw Joe Burrow in the mix, obviously, that's going to help a lot. Um, so at that, that ADP, like in the 200s, yeah. um, I think you just Why not? Get basically, <laughs> if he does anything, you're, <laughs> you're, you're pretty happy with it. Um, right. So I think wide receiver three, if he's wide receiver three in Cincinnati behind Boyd and Green, um, I think I think that's really good value. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. That could be. I mean, at that point in time, with the type of upside he has, you know, why the heck not, right? I mean, in a ten-team league, we're talking mm-hmm. about round twenty-one. If you're a twelve-team league, probably around round eighteen or something. I don't even know if you guys are going that deep, but if you are, I mean, why not? Let me ask you this: So you talked about quarterbacks. You talked about waiting on quarterback. We talked about Aaron Rodgers a little bit. We talked about Joe Burrow. I, there are a couple quarterbacks here that are rated pretty pretty low. And I'd like to get your thoughts on whether you'd be interested in getting one of these guys late, late in the draft. So Ryan Tannehill, ADP 139, he's quarterback 17. Kirk Cousins, ADP 165, quarterback 23. And then all the way down there, Tyrod Taylor, who's uh, predicted to be the starter out there in Charger land, ADP 146, quarterback 30. And then let me throw out one controversial name at the back end, 
Colin Kaepernick, ADP 268, quarterback 33. Any of the four of those guys interest you uh, in taking a flyer? Let's say you got a quarterback you like. Would you take a flyer on any of these guys? Oh, man. <laughs> um, I would stay far, far, far away from Tannehill and Tyrod Taylor. Uh, okay. Uh, Tannehill doesn't have the production as, as a fantasy quarterback. I mean, I know they went to uh, the AFC Championship against the Chiefs, but I, I really don't think that uh, uh, he's got the goods for, for fantasy play, at least. Um, okay. And then Tyrod Taylor is a guy we've talked about on the show multiple times right. for some reason. I don't know. He's a popular name. <laughs> um, but I think, I think Justin Herbert gets that job probably like week five. So you're okay. really just taking a flyer on, on Tyrod Taylor, um, which is probably not worth it. And then Kaepernick, he's not even in the league yet. And then even if he does get in, um, I don't see him starting anywhere. So, But the guy that does interest me, you mentioned quarterback 23, Kirk Cousins. I think that's mm-hmm. pretty freaking good value for a guy that consistently puts up over 4,000 yards. Um, mm-hmm. I know that uh, he lost Stephon Diggs, which is, which is going to hurt a little bit. But Thielen's still out there, and they drafted Justin Jefferson from LSU. Yes, um, so I love that. So make up for some of that, for some, from some of that lost production. Uh, so I think Cousins would be the play there if you had to choose between those four guys. Yeah, and, and obviously, um, you know, th- I'm not saying that you got anybody wants to target one of these guys as their starting quarterback. Although Kirk Cousins paired with another uh, upside quarterback, maybe. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, people to keep in to keep in mind. I mean, think about the fact that quarterback thirty is all the way down at ADP one forty six. I mean, that's pretty deep in the draft already by you get time to get to that point. So a couple final names for you on this side, and then we're going to flip forward to the other side real quick. Um, just to get your thoughts on it, would you take a flyer on Devontae Freeman? No team for him either. ADP 204, running back 62. Uh, I guess it would depend on the league and how many rounds and how many teams and what we're looking at. Um, but I, I feel like that's a, that's a pretty uh, safe risk, I'd say. Um, you know, a team picks him up and he starts, uh, you know, someone's going to go down in, in training camp or in preseason, and he's probably right. the first call up for any team. Um, yep. So I feel like that might be a, a good play. Yeah, and I think he still has, I mean, it's still yet to be determined whether uh, it was just him or the team that caused him to have a really down year, but we've seen him been productive in the past. Uh, ADP 204, running back 62 seems so deep. Uh, if you don't, if he doesn't start, uh, and he doesn't have any prospects and it sits out the season, just cut him. You know, that level is the way I see it. All right, let's switch to the yeah. other side. Let's talk about bus. Let's talk about those guys, 1 to 50 ADP, who we think are going to significantly underperform their ADP. So fire away. What are your busts? All right. Well, these are a lot tougher um, yeah. than finding a lot less tougher. <laughs> Yeah, they're right. Um, so this guy is wide receiver 15 with an average uh, draft position of 37.8. Uh, it's Cooper Cup. Um, ah. I'm not, when I say this, I'm not saying Cooper Cup is a bad receiver or that he's not going to have a good year next year. Uh, I just don't think uh, wide receiver 15 is the spot for him. I think he should be a little bit lower down. Um, I have a few reasons why. Um, I think Robert Woods has become the number one guy in Los Angeles. Um, the snap counts prove it. Um, if we take a look, if you had a computer in front of you, you could pull it up. But Robert Woods played about 88% of uh, offensive snaps for the Rams last year okay. compared to Cooper Cup's 77%. They put up about okay. the same um, receptions and yards. Um, but we also saw um, throughout the season, 
Cup was getting uh, fewer and fewer snaps. Uh, some games he was playing about 95% of snaps, but some games he was as low as 61%. Um, so that's kind of worrisome if, for, for a guy to be drafted that high. Um, so Cooper Cup's my first bust, um, so okay. to speak. <laughs> yep. No, you've got to take a stand somewhere. Uh, the next one also going to be a little controversial. Um, it's Derrick Henry. He had a uh, monster season last year. I know. I, I, I was wrong on him because in the draft, I didn't like him. I didn't. I, I don't know how I missed on that freak of an athlete, but I did. Um, <laughs> but he had a great year last year. He's currently running back six, um, and his average draft position is 6.8. Um, he also scored on every every 17 and a third touches he scored. Um, wow. But that's hard to replicate. That, that's my entire point of why I think six is too high for him. Uh, running back six is probably too high for him. Um, so just looking at players, so this is a stat from number fire. Um, the only players with consecutive touchdown to touch marks better than 20. So like I mentioned, he had 17.33. So mm-hmm. the only players with uh, consecutive seasons of that number um, were Ladanian Tomlinson, Marshall Falk, Alvin Kamara, Todd Gurley, Priest Holmes, twice, and Sean Alexander. Wow. That's some, that's some, uh, so that's that's some rare, rare air. Rarefied air. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think if we're talking about, you know, a guy that might not perform as well as his uh, price tag, uh, I think Derek Henry is that guy. Uh, yep. Just because, you know, very light, he's going to have the carries, he's going to have the yards, but is he going to put up 16 touchdowns next year? I don't know. That's probably, that's probably going to be pretty tough. Um, yeah. But the but my next guy, um, another guy that's really hyped up right now, uh, it's Chris Godwin, receiver six, mm-hmm. average draft position of 16 and a half um, from the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, with Tom Brady there, you know, all the noise has been, you know, Brady and Evans and Gronk and Godwin and O.J. Howard. Um, yep. And nobody's talking about where, where are all these targets going? And I don't really like Godwin over Mike Evans in this scenario or even him as wide receiver six, because there's going to be so many targets to so many different guys. Right. Um, I like Chris Godwin. I think he's going to have a good year with Brady at the helm, but I do not think that 16 and a half and wide receiver six is a, a good purchase uh, price for him. Yep. No, I, I agree. There's some serious question marks there and he, they're not the only ones that, and, and he of course is not the only one in a new situation. You mentioned Mike Evans who, by the way, is wide receiver seven, so right behind Chris Godwin, but at a uh, little bit of a discount with his ADP at 24. And then we also have Todd Gurley over in Atlanta, ADP 28, running back 16. We have Melvin Gordon over in Denver, ADP 34, running back 16. And then Keenan Allen, obviously, going to be uh, catching passes from Tyrod Taylor for five games, and then uh, Justin Herbert for the rest of the year. You heard it here first. Wide receiver 16, ADP 42. All those guys. uh, I think there's some bust potential there with those guys. What are your thoughts on those guys? Mike Evans at ADP 24, Todd Gurley, ADP 28, Melvin Gordon, ADP 34, and Keenan Allen at ADP 42. Um, With Todd Gurley and Keenan Allen, I really think the question is, are those guys going to be healthy? Um, Because they've proven over the last few years that that's something that's really difficult for them. 
So for uh, ADP to be, to be that high, you know, in, in the top 50 of the fantasy pros, uh, it's kind of concerning. I would, I personally would probably stay away from Todd Gurley and Keenan Allen as much as I like them as players, especially Todd right. Gurley coming from Georgia. Um, but it's it's a tough spot to be in. You know, you're, you're putting a lot of ca- uh, capital, so so to speak, uh, in guys yep. that probably won't see a full 16 games, uh, right. probably less than 12 games, if we're being honest. Yep. Um, and we saw, you know, we just talked about Devontae Freeman and how he had a down year in Atlanta, and then Todd Gurley's going to go in there with his plastic knees. And he's right. probably not going to down year from really Los Angeles. Well yeah, no, yeah. I agree. I mean, he, he's got the motivation, you know, he's in the right place. But you're right, there's, there's certainly some question marks there. And um, Melvin Gordon, you know, what do you think about him over in Denver? I can't really get a good read on the Broncos, if I'm being honest. I think there's a lot of hype around Drew Locke right now, and I – they kind of don't understand it. You know, they brought in Pat Shermer as offensive coordinator. Yeah. He's a decent offensive coordinator, not a good head coach. Don't make that mistake right, right. again. <laughs> right. Um, we all know that. I yep. think Gordon is probably overrated as well. Um, he didn't do too much last year. I know he didn't play a lot, but, man, uh, I think that's a little rich for my blood as well. Um, and like you said, Mike Evans, I think that's probably a proper rating for him, receiver seven. Um think he should be ahead of Chris Godwin, like I mentioned before. Um, but, you know, he can play that Randy Moss role in a Brady offense. Uh, he's got the body. He's got the speed, you know. I'm not saying he's yep. Randy Moss, but he's got. <laughs> he's a damn good receiver. Um, yeah, he's a, he was actually the guy when he was drafted in 2014. Um, I wanted the Giants to pick a receiver, and I wanted it to be him. And then it was Odell. And, uh, well, I wasn't excited <laughs> at first. I never heard of Odell Beckham. I was only 15. <laughs> um, this was actually right before, right before my first football garbage time article came out about yep. uh, free agency and the Giants and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I, I think Mike Evans has a, fa- a fair shot there at receiver seven. Uh, but the rest of the guys are probably a little overvalued at those spots. Yeah, so one more question. Let me ask you about uh, one more guy. Situation is fluid. Dalvin Cook, running, running back five, ADP is around six. Are you willing to take that chance now that there's some potential for a holdout with Delvin Cook? Uh, this is a very like very similar thing to what I was talking about with you know Todd Gurley and Keenan Allen. If you can't count on a guy to be on the field, um, you know most of the games, then I don't think he's worth the risk. Uh, I'm not saying Dalvin Cook isn't a talented running back. Don't think. Not saying he's not going to have a great year if he does get the contract that he wants. But, you know, we saw it last year with Melvin Gordon. He held out for a really long time, and it hurt his fantasy owners. Sure um, did. Yep. I wouldn't want to put myself in that position. Um, so, I know he's in – would you say, again, he's number five? He's running back five, ADP six. So, you know, okay. basically, so, he's you your know, first round pick. You're talking about your first round pick. Yeah, you're talking about yeah. your first round pick. Not Maybe not playing a, a good portion of the season, that's really not a risk you want to take. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, it's too bad because I think Dalvin Cook is a fantastic player. Maybe if they settle that uh, in advance and we know he's going to be on the field, I think there is some potential there for some big, big, big days, particularly in a PPR league. Uh, but until then, I would stay away. And we have ended the show again. We got there, hit their horn on the show. Uh, and we did this all without Ryan Whitfield. Uh, I don't know where the heck Ryan <laughs> is right now, <laughs> but – we're used to it. We can carry the ball without you, Ryan. But, uh, you know, uh, next time you, you should show up, it'd be kind of cool to get your thoughts on this too. 
uh, that being said, who cares about that? Because we got a full dose of Joey Libro today, so that makes up for everything. Thanks a lot, Joey. Give us your social media, everyone, so everyone can follow you. Yeah, you guys can follow me on all social media platforms at Joey Libro, but you can also follow Ryan Whitfield at Ryan Whitfield NE and give him right. so much shit for not being on the show tonight. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Please give him grief uh, for not showing up tonight because uh, he was he was the one who was kind of who who kind of pushed to make sure that we had a podcast this week. And uh, here we are, Ryan. So you know, just saying, one of the three of us didn't make it. And Joey and I are actually on the air. So anyway, thanks a lot, everybody, for joining us as usual. Thanks for coming out and wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week. And good luck for the rest of your practices there, Joey. I hope that we have a football season, and I hope that the rest of those football practices go well for you as well. Thank you, thank you. Excited to get back. All right. See you guys next week.